Hey everybody, this is Andre from the Opinionated Podcast, reminding you that we are live every Sunday on Facebook, and also we have new episodes available every Tuesday on every major streaming platform, so make sure you guys check us out, like, share, and also catch us on YouTube every Friday. Enjoy this next episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Opinionated Podcast, and we are your host. I'm Cool Kev. Hi, Kevin Rat. And I'm Big Dre, and we have a special guest today. Yes, we do. Introduce yourself. Um, Dr. Don Mend. Oh, good afternoon. Don, hello. Have a doctor. <laughs> doctor. Oh, <laughs> someone didn't do their due diligence. Oh, wow. I think we, uh, she's also an author, so yes. Yes, I yes. Did my due diligence. I'm going to be honest. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I, I, I honestly didn't know you were a doctor, and I am. This is the wait, wait, hold on. This is the first time we have a doctor on the show. Exactly. This is our first doctor and female doctor at that. So that's a double whammy. I'm excited. Yes. So let's I'm talk about Let's get into it, Jordan. Let's get into okay, it. Okay. So we didn't get my bio then, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm Dr. Don Menge. I teach students with severe cognitive delays. Uh, so I have a PhD okay. in instruction. So it's an educational um, PhD. I'm not a medical doctor. Okay. But uh, part of what I do is I write a children's series. I've won 70 awards with it. Uh, not, wow. Some of them are for the film festivals. They have screenplays written. Um, and they include disabilities, which is, of course, what I do. Everyone in my book is a real person. And everything we've done in the books, uh, they're real adventures. And so we're promoting literacy all over the world. That's awesome. That's great. Now, wow, 70. That's awesome. Yeah. So, Doctor Dawn, we want to um, we want to get into your your backstory of everything. And I think it's Doctor Minch. Doctor Minch. Oh, it's okay. Oh, yes. You can call me Dawn. Dawn. Okay. Dawn. Okay. We want to get into your backstory of of your inspiration and in one becoming a doctor and also, you know, writing books and everything like that. So, do you mind telling? I guess. Well, it started when I was getting my credential. I was assigned in my math class to write a children's math book and a math game. So my original book was actually named after my student. It was Queen Victoria. We got a grant from Cal Poly and we toured around and did a little skit to the elementary schools. And then I would go back and explain my students' behaviors or their disabilities. And then I was getting divorced after almost 30 years and I decided I wanted to actually publish the book because teachers publish books. That's what we do. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Keep it after my um, students. So I named it after my grandmother, Queen Bernita. Okay. Oh, Bernita Watton. Her and her father actually founded a credit union by going door to door and getting their members. And so she was highly intelligent. She was uh, very business minded and she was a world traveler. So in the first book, it's pre K to first grade. It has all of the children that were in our, were in our family. So this was in 2008. This is my son, Okay. and wow. they are on their birthdays. So his birthday was in May, so I put him in May. And they're, this is my daughter, Ashley. Okay. Her birthday's in July, so she's uh, building sandcastles. Come summer to find baby. out recently that she doesn't like the beach. So, but And then this is my daughter, Nicole, and her birthday's in November, so we have a Thanksgiving feast. And the first book... People are coming to visit the queen in her castle. So she has a new visitor each month and they do seven activities. So I immediately won um, the Evie Award out of Colorado and started getting interviews. And people are asking me, well, what's your next book? What are you going to do? And I 
hadn't had anything planned. I didn't plan marketing or anything. And I love to travel. Got that from my grandmother, my parents. Um, my parents had a sailboat for over 25 years. So we loved oh, wow. adventure. We loved the ocean. And so I decided that the queen was going to travel around her kingdom and go to the different areas and meet the different people. So um, I'm publishing my 13th book. Um, hopefully any day now. We just got done with the edits. 13. She's been from, and then I have the 14th that I have the illustrations done. I just have to write it. Um, but she's been to New Orleans and she's been to Kona twice. I have a friend who lives in Kona. So I spent a lot of time there and I've been, written two books about him. We've written, gone, gone on a train ride from Williams, Arizona to the Grand Canyon. And this is actually my grandson. Oh. And we, after we went on the train ride, it was snowing, and we went to the Grand Canyon. It was beautiful. Then we came back, put our pajamas on, and went on the Polar Express. Whoa. And, <laughs> yeah, and it was really neat, but we were so tired. And so he was probably <laughs> four, I think, at the time. And so he just fell asleep in Santa's lap. But this book is pre-K to first grade, and it has – we also went to Flagstaff. And there was a Santa's workshop. And these are actually my grandchildren. So all of the illustrations are based on actual pictures I take on the trips. So these are my three three grandchildren, and they're making teddy bears in this workshop that was in Flagstaff. And so that's what this one is about. I just published it over the pandemic. And this is my granddaughter. She's looking out the window of the train. Mm. And let's see. This is my grandson. Okay. He's also looking out the train. There was a bandit. <laughs> so they had a bandit who rode a horse along the train and got on the <laughs> Tended to rob us, and he actually held my grandboys up like this. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and, and true bandit style. Yeah. I was actually a little worried about it when I did. I'm like, I'm not sure this is like such a great picture to have in the book, but it actually happened. <laughs> he actually That's held not them up like that, and they yeah. they had a great time. They loved it. They thought it was neat that the bandits were robbing them. And then this, of course, is my grandson who fell asleep, and so <laughs> and Santa's lap. Yes, <laughs> he had enough. <laughs> so uh, that's awesome that you could bring your life stories, your real life stories to life through books. That's pretty dope. That's the dream, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is a question because there's a lot of people out there who inspire to be authors and everything like that or book writers. So with everything, I know it seems so easy and everything in writing, but what are some of the trials you faced when you was doing your first book? You know, the first time of where do I take the, my pictures to who do I yeah. what I written now how do I put this in story form from how, your brain to production yeah so well because I already had this written in my class I didn't try to publish it traditionally or anything I just found a, it was a self-publisher I found one and I gave them the book and they got the illustrator from them so my first couple of books I kind of let them, you know, do it all and kind of followed what they were doing. And then I got contacted by a publisher in France and they were thinking about using my books um, to teach English. Now, because they're rote and the rep the repetition really helps um, to do that. But they didn't like um, I had done one in Alaska and then this one went to third and fourth grade. And so the illustrations didn't match the content. Oh, so that's oh. when I started looking for other illustrators. And I actually found my current one at a book event that I did. I live in a small town in California, a mountain town. 
And so every year I would do their young authors conference and I would go there and she was actually there and she was doing a, a graphic novel with my brother and oh, wow. I got her to start doing mine. And so now she does all of my illustrations. Oh, that's awesome. Networking. Okay, I must say connections. Very key. And the one thing, the, the hard part is when I started, you know, not knowing anything about this and I wasn't really thinking I was going to be an author. Um, you kind of run into people that aren't exactly honest and okay. you, know, sometimes, you don't say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I was hoping that wouldn't happen, but right. you know, because all of my ventures are public and everything, because you're trying to promote what you're doing in your books, Absolutely. I had someone who was kind of going through my, my websites and trying to get ideas from my, <laughs> from my life. Poachers. Which yeah. is kind of strange. But doing that, I started joining some more organizations, some professional organizations, making this more professional. Because uh -huh. at that point, I was just having fun. I was writing my books, going on adventures, you know, having a good time. And so I joined the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, and it's international. And I recommend that to anyone who's writing children's books. Um, you go there and you go to their workshops. And they are New York Times bestselling authors. They have won Newbery Awards, and they are the neatest people, and they're just supportive, and they help you along the way, and it's they tell you that only like 10% of the books that are submitted traditionally actually get picked up. Wow. Really? So if you're going into this like to make the big money, you're not. that's not probably not going to happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> you have to have a different passion for it, so mine as an educator is of course, to educate, absolutely, and promote yeah. families and adventure. Um, but I, I recommend to anybody join those organizations, go to their workshops. And there's um, an author, his name is Kwame Alexander. And when I was having the hard time, I went to one of their LA conferences, which are a lot of fun. And I was so tired, but I wanted to listen to the last speech. And he was the last one. And the whole auditorium was so crowded, I had to sit in the back on the floor and that was the best thing I ever did. He has a speech called Yes. And he talked about how he was self-published. He did this. He did that. And he was to the point where his wife was telling him he had to get a real job. That's what he said. Wow. And that's when he <laughs> took off. And, but what he did was he joined any opportunity he had. So if someone asked him to be on a panel, he would be on it. And then something would come from that. And so I started doing that and meeting the neatest people. And I actually started writing book reviews for Story Monster magazine. It's an educational magazine out of Tempe, Arizona. I judged their literary contests. I would drive drive there before the pandemic and do a lot of, you know, in, in person events with them. And, you know, I just learned so much from them. So that's what I recommend. Yeah, because we, we, we kind of understand because we, we're like a fairly new podcast and we run into those problems and situations every day. We done reinvented ourselves about 20 times. <laughs> several, several times. You know? so, so yeah, so you, it, you do have yeah. to have some type of passion in order to want to keep continuing it because everybody's looking at you like you guys are not making money yet. Where's guys, the money? <laughs> you guys yeah. are not as big as you think. I'm like, you, you don't understand. You, do. you gotta have a different passion. There's gonna That's be some roadblocks. Yeah, there's always going to be some adversities that you have to go through. And you go around them, you go over them. Exactly. Right, you yeah. don't let them stop you. Now, speaking of adversities, how has the pandemic made it uh, 
you know, more difficult, which I imagine it's probably giving you more time to focus at least on, on getting your books written and, and done in a more timely fashion, or is it like hindering you? Are we still in the pandemic? Yes, we like one foot in, one foot out, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Actually, um, it was good for me. (laughs) You know, I hate to say that because, but I was doing so much at that point. You know, I teach full time. I was traveling to Sacramento. I was working with um, the state. I was helping to write and um, go over and evaluate the standardized test scores for our and the test questions for our students. And so I was going up there like once a month. I was doing a lot of events in Tempe, Arizona. So I was actually exhausted. I could not have kept up my pace. And when I first started, I had the goal that I was going to publish one book a year. And I kind of got really behind on that. So the pandemic was actually because we were teaching from home and we couldn't go and really go anywhere. Um, I actually published five books. I kind of caught up a little more. I did a lot more interviews. I've met people from all over the world. I do a lot of speaking on our students and what we're doing with our students. And especially like in Australia and Jamaica, you know, they want to know what we're doing with our students, what our laws are. Um, And so I talk a lot about that. So it's actually was good for me. And when we went back to class in person, oh, my gosh, I was so tired. It's like, oh, gosh, I do this every day. (laughs) I want to go home now. (laughs) But getting better now. Things are getting better. Um, We actually had a little epidemic in our classroom. We have like a little pod of several classrooms Um, a couple weeks ago. So we had to close our classroom for about a week and a half. Um, And so we're back back going, but we've had to cancel some of our, you know, our field trips and things like that. So I think we're still kind of in it, but kind of trying to get out of it. (laughs) Well, well, I'm seeing from all your books that you took, like most of your pictures and your illustrations in your book are from adventures that you took. Now has that hindered that process of getting, you know, the the different material for your your illustration? Well, um, we're kind of a family that doesn't do that. So, (laughs) <laughs> my, I have three children, and now I have six grandchildren. And my children actually set up camping trips every month. So we oh. would all go camping. And, you know, some of the places, you know, like half of it was closed. But, you know, we were still together. We were still camping. We were still, you know, doing okay. And we went to the Sequoias. We went to the Grand Canyon. We went to Zion twice. We went to the beach several times. Um, so we kept doing that. Um, my mom... I spent a lot of time with my mom. She's 80 now. And we did a lot of traveling to the beach and things. And it was actually kind of nice because there wasn't as many people on the road and there weren't people on the beach. But one time we went, my occupational therapist was from Maine and she was staying with me and we wanted to go see the red tide. And so we went down to the beach and that was at the point where you couldn't even sit down at the beach. They wouldn't let you sit down. They would, you had to keep walking. And uh-huh. so my grandson was with us and we were walking along the beach and he was kind of dancing around in the waves, trying to walk with us and, and swim in the ocean. Um, but we were walking and there was a jellyfish. Oh. It was huge. And so she was trying not to step on it. So she was dancing over it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you're going to be a page in my book now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So this is an actual picture. And we did get to see, we got to see the red in the ocean, but we wanted to see, it turns blue at night. It, it glows. And we never did get to what? see that. So that's oh. still on my list to see. 
But that was one of the things we did during the pandemic. So <laughs> now she's in my book. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah I pull out is. that notebook and whoop, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so you never know when you're going to end up on a page in my book. <laughs> you, go, you go a lot of places to find a lot of inspiration. That's That's dope. I see you do a lot of traveling. It brings a lot of um, energy to the books that you put out. So, I, I, you know, family, that's, that's, that's dope. I was doing an interview for, um, for someone in St. Louis, and he was talking to his friend. And she knew who I was because my books were in the library. I did not know my books were in the library there. But she had been reading them to her son. And she actually got a second job so that she could take him traveling from reading the books. And... Wow. You know, if I hadn't been doing that interview, I would not have known any of that. Well, yeah, that, little that inspiration. Must feel, that must feel good to see that other people that you don't know run into or actually finding your work. Because that's like the greatest. That's yeah. like the greatest joy we get from our podcast when somebody just walk up to us, "Hey, you guys, I listen." I'm like, I don't, I barely even talk to you or you even do? know you. <laughs> 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 like, but it, it gives you, it gives you joy knowing yeah. that your your work is not. That you're That's doing your name it's not yeah. falling on deaf ears. Now, yes. even, even with that, and we'll get into like uh, you know what you're doing, what you're planning on doing in the future pretty soon. But I'm curious about something. Now, I know you said you've been to a couple workshops. Have you ever been interested in kind of throwing some workshops or like putting together your own workshops for people, or you know, like one of one of those events where you kind of teach how you come about your ideas? Well, I did. I did one so far, but I'm still teaching and all that. Um, I actually, I interviewed from a woman from Jamaica and she was actually doing some workshops for the high school students there. So I actually got on and I did about a 45 minute workshop with them. And, you know, that was really exciting. So I have done that. Um, I haven't really done more than that. Um, Like I said, I'm, I'm busy teaching and all this other stuff. So. Right. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, one of the most important jobs is, <laughs> educating. is educating the youth. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's still my full time job, you know, my day job. <laughs> so, yeah. so, still, I need to retire. So, yeah. So that will lead to the next question. Future goals. After you retire, do you plan do you plan on doing this like, you know, bigger than, you know, what you're already doing right now? Because what you're doing right now is huge. Absolutely. You know, but. You know, how, 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 what is your future goal? What is your future aspiration? What are you looking forward to in, you know, in publishing and being an author? Well, when I retire, um, I'm going to, I actually lecture at the local university. Okay. So, um, first, the first year we had the pandemic, I taught special ed case law. And the first, okay. and then I taught the teachers that were just getting me into the classroom. So, when I get to retire, which I hope will be in three years, maybe. I'm going to work at the university with the new teachers, go into the classroom, do some of that field work. That's what I would like to do. And then I will continue, um, of course, with my my series. And maybe maybe I can teach some classes on writing children's books. Um, My publisher, I think it was last year, he had someone from Netflix that was interested in looking at the series. So we actually made two of the books into screenplays. Oh, so, yeah. So what okay. is one of them? And this is someplace we go every year. It's in the central coast of California. It's Halama Beach. 
and it's got camping, and this is a kite. It looks like a piece of pizza, but it's actually Those <laughs> <laughs> are okay. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it looks like pizza, but the kite really does look like that. But this is my son and my granddaughter, and they're flying kites, and it has fishing. This is my son-in-law and my grandson, and they're going surfing. So I made this one of them into the screenplay, and this one also. Now, this is my little brother. His name is Heath. And when he was little, I called him Heathy Bean. So he's an astronomer at Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And he wrote this book with me. I think it was my second or third book. And so he wanted to be the professor with the hair. And he has bunny slippers. And this is the other one I made into a screenplay. Now, this one has disabilities in them. So okay. this little boy is named Jeremy, and he has Down syndrome. So it gives just seven facts, a little bit about Down syndrome. But it oh, talks yeah. about... Jeremy, who's living his life and he's learning about astronomy. And, you know, you're learning a little bit about um, Down syndrome. Now, this little boy is Jake. He has cerebral palsy. And he's the son of one of my assistants. She was my great friend for 20 years. She was in my classroom. And this is her foster child. And so it has a little bit of information about astronomy and his disability. So that's something I did during the pandemic. I was on Facebook and I saw an ad for the Conquering Disabilities with Film Festival. And I'm like, well, I've never done that. I like to do things I've never done. And so I contacted her and I said, well, can I enter my books? I didn't have screenplays or anything. And she said, yes. So I entered my series and it actually won in July. I went to Vegas and they had a huge film festival and I won the Special Recognition Champion Award, which is actually this one. I don't know if you can see it. We can see it. Yeah. I won this. Okay. And wow. I got this. I, I always forget to show people that I have these awards. Oh, yeah, right. That's exactly. cool. Yeah. And yeah, you gotta show. Show off. And um, so we went to the film festival and my whole series won that. And they actually played my book trailers on the big screen in the movie theater. So that was like really cool. <laughs> but so I started doing that. And then if you enter one and you get selected then other film festivals start inviting you. So I started getting invited to film festivals all over the world. I just got selected for one in India and I actually won one in Italy. And so one morning I was getting ready for work and they were announcing the winners and I could hear my name. I don't know Italian, but I understood my name <laughs> and the name of my, my book. It was the Conquering Islands one. And so this is a handmade volcano from the film festival that I got from Italy. So it was really cool. Oh my gosh! I, I have honestly a comment and a question. Okay. Um, the first, the first comment that I have is like, to me, I have a, I know a lot of people with, um, with kids. Um, my son being one. Right. Okay. <laughs> my yeah. Son, yeah. My son is my son is autistic. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, oh, okay. Was, yeah. It's the it's a rising thing. Uh, what, what's the uh diagno That's not a diagnosis. Was. Now I'm losing my words. Uh, she said Down syndrome. Now that yeah, now that's kind of stuck in my head. The Down syndrome, but like kids with um, you know that are different, right? They have developmental disabilities, right? So I just I feel like my comment is I think it's so important because there's so many people who don't know how to broach the subject yeah, with right. their kids at all. I know yeah. I don't like when, if their kids are on the spectrum at any point. So to have the books where you can kind of break things down and really understand with your kids. I think that's very important. Show now, them what you understand that. without it being difficult. Yeah. I commend it easy. That. 
Well, it's hard. You you know, you don't know if it's intrusive. You know, some people really want to talk about it and they want to educate. Some people don't want you asking questions. How old is your son? Uh, my son is six. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's kind of new for your family, you know, trying yeah. to get used to that. He's in school. So this is actually, he was one of my students. His name is Connor and this is his dad. And they are at the Volcanic National Park. Now, he's autistic, and he uses a communication device. So he's teaching the queen about his communication device and how to use it. But he's also learning about Volcanic National Park. Now, I put, I don't make my books about disabilities. They have, there's people in them who have disabilities. And it's just a little snippet, a little bit of information. So that if you see, if a child's reading this book, and they see someone on campus who's using a communication device, which could be a phone or an iPad or, you know, something like this. Right. They some, there's actually a movie that was called, I think it was called Come Play With Me. And this autistic child who used um, a communication device, they were making fun of him. They were beating him up and things William, um, yeah. because they thought, well, you know, they were like eight or nine, but they thought. You know, he gets to use this and how we don't get to use our phones or right. games. And but it's not it's not what it is. <laughs> and so they're reading this and they say, oh, OK, so I actually need to address this. And this is how I'm going to communicate with this child. Or if you're out in the community and that they see it. And so, you know, someone like McDonald's or whatever, and they say, OK, I need to look at this because this is how this child is communicating with me and ask, telling me what he wants. And so you're not being inundated with the disabilities. It's a child who's living their life. Right, now, right. this is Ireland and Heather. These are real people. And Ireland has Rett syndrome. But Ireland is making these beautiful flower lays for her classmates. So Heather, her mom, is telling the queen about Rett syndrome and explaining why she has to help her make the lays because she has some muscle issues and things. And so you're reading this and you see this little girl, she's going to school. She wants to make things for her classmates. And it's not an inundated, oh, this is like a person who we have to stand out. No, it's a person who's living their life who mm -hmm. needs just a little bit of help. Right. And so yeah. that's what I like to do with, because this is what I do for a living. And that's, <laughs> but that, that right there is, is so beautiful because at the end of the day, these kids are just, they, they're kids, even they're kids. though they- they have these disabilities. Right. They want. They try to live their life as normal as they see other kids. It's not. They don't know the difference that yeah. they're not normal. Right. Yeah, you they're, know? Right. So correct. They, yeah, exactly. Their yeah. their their Very life hasn't them. been. Yeah, their lives haven't been introduced to like adults because adults as adults we look. You know, we've been through so much life. So we look at things differently. We don't right. see it the same. We try to put our own thing into process is different. Yeah, right. but kids are Experience so innocent. Life. Yeah, kids are so innocent to everything. They're just like, listen, this is who I am, but I right. want to be right. I don't see no difference between me or you, where as adults, you will look at that, oh, he's, right. this person is well, disabled and I'm not. We're, we're focusing on that disability rather than the child. Exactly. Um, when I worked in the elementary school, we would take our students out and they would play, you know, in the playground and the proctor would be giving the children, these little coupons or whatever, because they played with our students. And my student walked up and he wanted a coupon because he played with the special little boy. <laughs> he didn't know he was the special little boy. <laughs> so, you know, it, they don't understand that. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they don't, because yes. then that makes them feel right. 
you know, like like an outcast, right? Like and you know, don't you don't want, really want them to seem or feel like they're different, you know. You know? Yeah. So it's definitely um, awesome to have education like that and be able to share that with your kids and be able to break something down to them in a in an easier format. And this is something that hopefully you will get to do with your son. Um, I teach 12 to 22 year olds right now. And my actual dissertation was written on the federal goals. So when they turn 16, 15 and 16, we start writing transition goals, their workability, their community, their independent study. And then, so we start working on that because when they leave public education, hopefully they will go into some place where they will offer them social skills, work skills, um, all sorts of things. But this is something we do, it's called workability. So my students work at CVS and Walgreens and we also get things from the local hardware store. They've been giving us things for, I don't know, 14 years now. And this is my student. They gave, we live in the mountains, so they gave us snow hats. And my student is putting the tag on the snow hat. I think he did over 300 of them. He got really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> they give us a movie card. So once a month, we get to go to the movies and we ride the city bus, which is a skill we're teaching them, teaching them to get on the bus. They're riding with the public. Um, they're giving their coupons to the um, bus driver and we go to the movies and they buy snacks and we go to lunch. And But this is something I did an interview with a woman who was putting out a magazine and she let me write an article about my students and what we do with them. And see, and see that and that's the next step as my as a father is like. That's where I'm at and that's where I get I get scared. I'm not going to lie. It's times I get scared because I'm like. I'm only guaranteed so much time on this planet, but mm -hmm. I have to also be able to teach or instill in my child to survive in this world because this world, regardless how we look at it, is a cruel place. I, and you know, yes. I, and with him, it's it's everything is just pure innocence. You know, he he doesn't know. You know, when he's in somebody's space, it's just you know he right. when he meets people, he wants to be in their space and look, you know, and talk to them, and, and everything's a smile. He's never come up to him with like an right. ill will attitude. Well, it's he has a lot of social skills, which is yeah. great yeah. for an autistic child. Yeah, so that's you know when I when he got put on the spectrum, they said, you know, they knew he was autistic, but they was like, he's you know, it's not so bad that it would be difficult for him to go into the workforce, but he will still have his little issues. And hopefully, you know, he, he, you will see his ticks. I know his ticks when he gets aggravated, he grunts or he gets frustrated when I tell him something, he can't process it and he doesn't understand. He thinks he's yeah. in trouble. And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to explain something to you. And it, I listen, it's, it, I have frustrating days, but to see a book like that, to read something like that to him, it would be, you know, it'd be great for me to like, here, look, you know, this is, this is us, you know, mm -hmm. regardless if this picture is not us, this is us. This is our everyday life. So right. I, I really love it. <laughs> yeah. Love it's home. <laughs> yeah, well, and really they love the repetition, repetitious part of it. One time I did a, a friend of mine when actually when this one came out, she bought, I don't know, 30 copies for her son's kindergarten class. And I kept telling her it's too high, <laughs> but she wanted that. So we actually flew to New York and I did a book reading in their school. And then um, they lived on Long Island. And so I also did one in a bookstore. And there was a doctor in the background and he said that his son had autism and he read it every single night. And so it's the repetitious part that they really like about it. Okay. Yeah. Well, from people like from everybody and parents like that, we thank you that there's people out there that is trying because it, you know, it's got to be dumbed down to me. You know what I mean? Because I didn't when it happened to me, I didn't understand it. And 
Well, it's new for you. Yes, it's and very. You need to find out like um, what organizations are there for him. He can start now and they can start, they kind of track them through school and find out what their needs are so that when like, like workability, they do it through the department of rehab, you know, their social security. When he begins eight and turns 18, if he still has this innocence, you need to get conservatorship. People don't understand. They think, oh, if I get conservatorship, I'm taking their rights away. No, you're not. You're protecting them. They still if it's up, you know, if you let them make their own decisions, they can make their own decisions. You know, it's up to you whether you're limiting them or not, but you have it there to protect them. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone takes advantage of them and says, oh, sign this contract, buy this $50,000 car, and they sign it, they're liable for it. Right. But if you have conservatorship, they can't do that. You know, yeah. so it's there to protect them, but you're, they're still open to make their own decisions. Yeah. That's good. You know, I'm glad. Yeah, I, I got to get, I'm going to keep in contact with you because I want more information just from okay. me per, on my personal side. So, because oh, I sure. want to, I want to help my son along. You know, that is, that's my last, my baby boy. So, you know, it, it means a lot to me. So. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> well, you, you want him to be, you know, to do well in, in life. Yeah. Well, every parent wants their kid. Right. Yes. That's, yeah. that's just, no matter what the situation is. Absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah. All right, so we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Um, <laughs> advice you would have for people who inspire to be authors or to be in your profession, like what advice do you have to them to give them so they don't give up? Because it's good to give advice to people who are trying to inspire to do the same thing as you. I, I feel as though. Yeah. I know when that's one thing I met when I went to these um, all these workshops, there are people there who had books they read. They had written 10 years before that. They still hadn't published them. And you know what? Just do it. <laughs> just go out there, publish it. There are so many ways now to publish it. Just be careful, you know, who you're hiring, who you're working yeah. with, um, you know, especially like the illustrator. Um, one time I hired an illustrator and I gave her, I didn't give her a lot of money, but I gave her money and I never got an illustration. Mm-hmm. I wanted something different. I also have a book it's called Dragon's Breath. And I, it's not part of the Queen Bernita series. It was actually based on an, an experience that I had where a woman, um, she didn't want me dating this man, so she kind of stalked me for like seven years. <laughs> I had to sell my house and everything. And oh, my. But yeah, she had my na- the neighbors coming in and vandalizing my house. It was, it was crazy. But she came to my house, and she said she was in a ministry, and she said that I was a dragon slayer. And so... Um, see there's a little dragon up here at the castle uh-huh. and um it's just all about being kind and oh my words are here being kind and um these are my books and so this this represents the author that was going through my um my site trying to get yep. her ideas from me Purging. and so she's telling the villagers you know oh I'm going to make this all good for you. And she's actually blowing and she meets the queen and then she's not happy. See, she's very jealous in the background. Mm. She told me she would never let me date him. And so at night she's blowing black smoke on all the crops and nobody can figure out what's wrong. And she's telling them, I'm going to fix this. Don't worry about it. And so the queen and king, king queen are sad. So he finally catches her actually doing it and banishes her. And so it's just a fun story, and I've read it all over the world. And it, 
I just love the problem solving that the children do when they're reading it. <laughs> I bet. They're like, oh, why didn't, you know, one little boy I was watching, his mom was an author and I sent her the book and they were reading it online and he's going, well, why didn't the king just put a trap and catch the dragon? Well, you know it was the dragon. And right. why didn't the guards do it? And, you know, it's just the problem solving is so, and so many of the children are sad that the dragon got banished. You know, but really, I, yeah, but children have to learn that not everybody has remorse. Not everybody's going to change their behavior. Uh-huh. Some people, you know, they say, well, the dragon didn't mean to do it. Well, yeah, the dragon did mean to do it. <laughs> but, um, they want it to turn out like it's okay. And and th- I think the children need That's to learn life. also that it's not always yeah. going to turn out that way. And you have to protect yourself. Some right. people do not change. Yeah. yeah, and I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure you enjoyed the fact that you got to make her a dragon. That probably was <laughs> <laughs> a little bonus point. Actually, the man he's, he's King Teddy Bear, and I'm Queen Giggles. He actually named the book Dragon's Breath. So I was talking to him the other day, and he asked me if I was going to write a second book. And I'm like, well, there has to be a dragon in it. The dragon's True. vanished, but it's called Dragon's Breath. So what I was thinking I'd like to do is. There's a baby dragon and they raise the baby dragon and the baby dragon's like really nice and helps around in the village. Um, I haven't got that far, but I'm thinking, well, maybe, maybe there'll be a second book. But when in the film festival, I actually entered the dragon's breath and I won uh, this award from Miracle Makers. Can you see it? So that was, I won that. And so it's won, it's won nine awards, I think now. So, um, okay. I had a lot of fun, right? Well, I didn't. I didn't enjoy the experience, but I think the experience into something positive and a lesson for the children that are reading the book. There's a lesson in that, (laughs) and to begin with, yeah, that's a true lesson. A potential for a little coin in your pocket as well. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's the passion first, but later. Yes. I mean, the money, the I mean if, you know, if Netflix picked up my my series, I mean, that would be really cool. A new yeah. magic Dang. school bus or something Saturday mornings. Yes, I would love that. But you know what? If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It's actually used. Um, I have a friend in Washington who teaches immigrants. He oh. um, he works in a factory and he teaches them, you know, how to work in the factory and he teaches them English and math. And he just sent me this the other day and I, it's just so neat that it's making that impact on, you know, people that are coming here. And this is what he said. He said, hello, Don. My student that I started teaching English to about seven years ago spoke with me today. He now has a daughter who is returning five years young. And he is reading everything that he can get his hands on now. He just loves to read. Your book started a love of reading for this young man. This is the immigrant African native man who was born under a tree on the savannah in Central Africa. He had never written anything in his life before I met him. No letters or numbers. He did not know the alphabet or how to count anything. Now he's able to read the newspaper with ease and he is able to manage his numbers well enough to budget his finances in his home. For mathematics, we started by counting the guests eating at the holiday dinner in your visitor's book. My student found that particular illustration was one that he could relate to. And that's my daughter um, in the feast. That's okay. he learned how to count. Oh. Um, having a meal with a large family. I gave him a copy of the Queen Vernita's Volcanic Islands to give to his daughter for her birthday. And he really lit up. He was so happy to receive your fine book. You have had an amazing impact on this young man's life. And now the life of this child. His little girl will be entering school next year, being able to read fairly well, thanks to you. 
She loves to read and teach the father new words. They learn to read together. So what more could I want? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Absolutely. That's a nice way to, to, to be humbled. You know, so yeah. that's awesome, man. Well, in closing, where, where can people find you and your work? I have a publisher, Rushmore Press. I have a Facebook, Don Menge One. Uh, Instagram, Don Menge. I have a website, Dr. Don Menge. And a Twitter, Queen Bernita. And they're all over the internet. So you just Google them or me and they're on Amazon. Oh, yeah. Google. Oh, yeah. As soon as you Google Dr. Don Menge, everything pops up. <laughs> yeah. Everything. I said, oh, man. <laughs> That's how celebrity it's supposed to be. in the building. That's, yeah, that's how it's supposed <laughs> to be. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything that you want to? Anything else you want to let our audience know? Um, just for the authors out there, you know, get out there. It's 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 hard. You're working hard, but you have to have the passion, and you have to be out there for the. If it's a children's book, you have to be out there for the children. If you have a message to give, if only one person gets that message, you've done your job. Right. You know, yes. you touch someone's life in a positive way. Yeah. Well, Doctor, I'm definitely going to definitely get your book because I, you know, yeah. like I said, it would be great for my son, for me and him to yeah, read that great together. Yeah, daughter man. as well. Yeah, yes, because, you know, it, meeting you was a real pleasure today. Yeah, <laughs> really, yes, really, sure. really was. Like, sure. Well, if you want any author signed books, let me know. Just contact Oh, that would be dope. There you go. <laughs> yep. There you go. Yeah. They're on sale on Amazon right now. Three of them are. I just bought a whole bunch because they're cheaper on Amazon than, than <laughs> they're cheaper on Amazon than That's if you go through me. Just know. <laughs> you can buy Dragon's Breath for $5. You can buy this one. For five dollars, and this one in hard copy for only six dollars right now. I just did it this morning. Nice. <laughs> oh, okay. So, there you go. Yeah, so and they're all on Amazon. <laughs> okay, I will. I will definitely be going to look into that. I'll definitely get one for myself. You um, know. But um, me know you like them. <laughs> I will. I definitely will. But um, thank you for joining us. For sure. Um, I mean, that's all I got, yo. Yes, yes. It was a real pleasure and, and honor in having you here today. Uh, we thank you for, you know, your time and everything. And hopefully, you know, we can get you back on here in the future when you do future yeah. projects. We, yeah, you know. anytime you have future projects, please just let us know so we can get you back on here for right. sure. Uh, my desert one is coming out in hopefully a week or so. And then I'm, next weekend I'm going to Death Valley and researching it. So I'll come back on with my co-author, Um Okay. Yes, we can definitely set that up. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. Well, have a good day. All right. Thank you. Well. Um, So that was our show for today. Um, We were your hosts once again. I'm Cool Kev. Uh, Kevin Durant. And I'm Andre. Bye. See you later. (laughs) Take care, Doctor Menge. Bye. Bye. Bye.